Hey, I'm Sydney Latwako, host of Something to Share, where we give Bachelor Nation and other inspiring guests a platform to speak on what really matters to them right now with candid and important conversations you won't find anywhere else. Join us every Wednesday for unique stories you do not want to miss. Welcome back. Uh, It's always, I'm always so excited to get back after our holiday break. I really am too. We missed you guys. We We hope you missed us in the same way. And I think we probably have some new Rammies. Yes, we do. Welcome everyone to the fam if you're just checking us out. I'm Claire. I'm Tess. And this is a podcast on what you didn't learn in history class, but you really wanted to. Mm. Mm. <laughs> how, how the hell was your winter break? It was really good. I was in Bend, Oregon. Oh my God. I went to the last Blockbuster. Tell the people in detail what happened that day to you. Okay. So the last Blockbuster, listen to our Blockbuster episode. That is a hard word to say. Um, (laughs) And it's in Bend, Oregon, which is where my boyfriend's family lived. And I was like, listen, we're on TikTok now. The opportunity cannot be passed. Cannot. So you drive up. There was actually other people in there. I assume doing the same things as we were. What was like the ages? Um... I think like 30s, which checks out t- test. Okay. The employees are exactly how they were before, like frozen in time. Wow. It's like haunting. It is crazy. So do they just stay open because you think it's like almost a museum, like a monument? I think so. I think so. they should sell tickets. I mean, I think people would, I mean, maybe people don't, I guess there, no, there is tourism to Bend, Oregon. I don't Make know. it into a drinking experience. Yes. Like they did in LA with that yes. pop-up and people will go. Exactly. Which the whole candy bar was still there. Dibs. I sent you a video of the dibs in the ice cream oh, box. The photos I could smell it like mm. yes taste the smell's it. exactly the same i could feel it i, I feel it on my fingertips i know so check out our tiktok if you want to see my um come with me as i go <laughs> so cute and you did a really cute one to uh bejeweled yes i did thank you so much you know we have to you, you know, know we have to we always will but yeah it was a great trip and how was yours how's your new or your holiday um it was good what happened it was fine. Yeah, it was like it went by really quickly. Like December for a second just seemed like this non-existent. The fastest December. It was fast, but it was nice. My boyfriend's parents came from New York for the week, which was nice. Our families met, and that was really special. Um, and yeah, I just did like a lot of walks. It was like nice having my boyfriend had almost two weeks off too. So oh, like, so nice. It just was so. It was lovely. Oh, watched all the Harry Potter films one through eight, which I had never done before in my life. Guys, Tess has never done that. She's never seen Harry Potter until now. Sorry, I'm back. I'm back. I just was a little high for a second, but now I'm like, where am I? I needed something to bring me down to earth. And that was Harry Potter. It always is. I mean, what a lesson in life that you can be wrong about something your entire life and you just shouldn't be stubborn about it i just don't know how i never really pushed it because i was like listen it's not what she wants but i just don't know how you didn't (laughs) see them when they were in theaters i just was like this is stupid i'm not into it i want to i was like really as a kid i didn't want to watch a lot of cartoons either because i was like i want to watch real people in real life so i didn't like made up stories that were like in fantasy or You're super like nonfiction. That girl uh, in Home Alone who's like, You're what the French say, incompetent. You're what the French call les incompetents. What? <laughs> that is your childhood energy. I know. I was like, <laughs> What was wrong with me that I didn't want to watch no, like hey. magical imaginary things? But I'll get to that later. That's not for, not that's for, not for today. The, that's maybe for Patreon. But, well, mm. well, we always get deep. We do. We go there. Childhood, which sometimes is scary. (laughs) And you can be scared with us for $7.99 a month. (laughs) That's right. Patreon.com slash right answers mostly. Always. But yeah, what a a treat to be back. Yeah. Um, Really is. And with our first themed month now. How's your mic? (laughs) Sorry. I noticed that yours was... Oh, is mine up too high? Oh, no. I I think I'm above you, which is never a good thing because... We've all seen that, how that ends before. Usually, that's honestly Oops. better because I'm screaming into the Oh, mic you touch. Okay, you touch it. I got it. <laughs> Sorry, I have to see how the, what's it called, the expression? The, how this, I prefer how the sauce is made, but some people say how the sausage is made. Wow, such different, like, such experiences. Different visuals. <laughs> like, such different visuals. And I prefer to see how the sauce is I made. I like sauce, too. It's more yeah. gentle. I agree. <laughs> I agree. But anyways, we're but back anyways. with our first month. Our themes month. 
Oh my God. But guys, this is so exciting. We have a themed month because Claire had the idea that this would be fun to, and if we like this, we can continue doing it throughout the winter and spring. Absolutely. Maybe forever. Absolutely. We can do like, yeah, more parts on Old Hollywood or different themes. Uh, so you just let us know how you, how you like it in the end. And we're on the journey together. We really are. But for my subject, mm. I was like, we're, I, I just, there's so much to cover, which is also nice about this theme. Yes. But I thought I would just cover from the very beginning. And so I'm doing a whole episode on like truly building Hollywood, building the town, building Ugh. the industry, how Ugh. it all started. Did we say that we're doing Old Hollywood Month? Oh, welcome to Old Hollywood <laughs> Month. know if we did or not i think we have right we've we've definitely been announcing it yes we've said on social but Mm -hmm. just in case you don't follow us um which you should Uh, yeah you should and god bless the new ones who are here truly you have stuck it out through thick and thin yeah and so yes old hollywood month ah so goddamn like (laughs) did you know about it before okay so that's this is something that tess and i were talking about i was like i feel like us two specifically are going to really enjoy these subjects because we've both wanted to be in the industry for a very long time. Let's just say it. Let's just say it. In this town, it's hard to admit any of that's like Kyle Richards. In this town. In this town, honey. Hey, we've always wanted to be actresses. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like when you want that as a kid, you're always like thinking about old Hollywood and I don't know, it just feels special. It does. And it feels like it will never obviously be as special as it was. And so that's really like... I know. And for some things, I'm like, thank God. It's not like that for most things. (laughs) Yeah, they're not like, yeah, I mean, what a dark time to be an actress, though. It's crazy. When I was doing my research on this subject, I was like, why did anyone want this? Oh, gosh. Maybe that's what they'll say later about now. That's true. I mean, I think people have always given the industry shit. Yeah. No, no. For like a lot of times for really good reasons. Really great reasons. And it started dark from the beginning. Oh, my gosh. Well, tell me. Tell me everything. Let's get into it. Let's take it away. So... The birth of Hollywood. So in 1853, if we're going back, a small adobe, is it adobe hut? Adobe. Yeah, adobe hut yeah. was all that existed where Hollywood stands today. And over the next two decades, the area became a thriving agricultural community called Coenga Valley. So I thought, first off, we have to talk about Coenga, Coenga. Oh, yeah. Like, so there's a street in LA, and I think you pronounce it Coenga, but it's spelled C A. C-A-H-U-E-N-G-A. What are other streets in LA that everyone always fights over? It's like... Well, we I talked like, about Los Feliz and Los Feliz. That's yes. an LA thing. I've always said Coenga. Is it... It, ha- it is Coenga, I oh, think. Oh, it is. But is it Tahunga or Tahunga? I think it's Tahunga. Oh, my God. I do not know. <laughs> For these non-LA people, like, we don't care. But, like, get on with it. Yeah, but those but, who know, no. You know. So really, it was just like a nothing, nothing. And then this guy, Harvey Wilcox, who was a prohibitionist. If you want to hear about prohibition, join our Patreon. Mm-hmm. We do our um, first episode that was never released for good reason. For good reason. <laughs> we, we tried, though, our best. Yeah, we sure did. Um, so he was a prohibitionist, a politician, and a real estate developer. And he moves to Hollywood from Topeka, Kansas with his second wife. And he purchased what well, wasn't even Hollywood at the time because he purchased 150 acres of land west of Hollywood. And he what he wanted for Hollywood was a land where it was based on his sober and religious practices. So he wanted a uh, land of sober people who were very religious. For Hollywood? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Irony. They always come from Kansas, don't they? I guess they do. Pioneers. Wow. Wow. So um, <laughs> clearly that didn't work out. In 1887, he ends up selling, selling parts of his land to Los Angeles County because I guess Los Angeles was here, but it was still like nothing. But Hollywood wasn't there. Interesting. And then soon... Um, Prospect Avenue, which is now Hollywood Boulevard, an upscale home sprung up. And by the turn of century, Hollywood had a post office, Adrian. Uh, Adrian, go visit it. Markets, a hotel, a library. And I was like, what's a library? Which is apparently a place where you can take your horse and like post up while you go do your thing. And it can have like water and food. Wow. So it was like a chic place. Can you imagine? Like that is the way. I I cannot imagine Hollywood Boulevard looking like that. (laughs) No kidding. Mm -hmm. There's way crazier things now, though. 
um, on that street. And <laughs> they even had a street card. And then there was this dude who they call the father of Hollywood, real estate mogul, H.J. Whitley. He showed up. And in 1902, he was like, okay, let's make this place livable. Let's get electricity in here, water, gas lines. And he opens the Hollywood Hotel, which is now the Dolby Theater, which is where the Oscars are. Oh, it used to be a hotel? It, I it used to be the Hollywood Hotel. Wow. That's but cool. Now it's like a shopping center and it's really it's overwhelming. Hollywood Boulevard mm. is must be so disappointing for people who travel across the world to come see Hollywood Boulevard. I know, but people still do all the time. Like, don't you see fit like videos and photos <laughs> of it? Like, why do you want to go? If you don't live in LA, it's just like really not a fun part of town it's like going to the strip on vegas like it just feels like it's for tourists it's so crowded it's It's so so overwhelming dirty 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 so but at one point it was (laughs) wow the hollywood hotel wow um and then how okay just a little fact of how we got the name hollywood it's been disputed but some say that wilcox you know the prohibitionist and his Mm -hmm. wife learned that there was a town in ohio called hollywood and so she named their ranch that but they were from Kansas, so why do they care about a town in Hollywood? Huh. Another another person says it was H.J. J. Whitley. It doesn't really matter, but we've got Hollywood now. Okay, got it. Okay, so in the early 1900s, the movie business wasn't always here. Um, it was actually everything was being made out in the East Coast. New York and New Jersey. That's right. Which I never knew that. Well, yeah. well I mean, like they had theaters, but there was like starting to be some films, but it was all on the East Coast. Okay. Um, so, but Nickelodeons are, um, popping up all over the country, which are theaters. Do you know why it's called Nickelodeon? I do because the line in Titanic. Oh my God. Tell me. Do you remember where he, Jack and Rose meet mm-hmm. at the fancy party? He kisses her hand yeah. and he says, I saw that in a Nickelodeon once and I always wanted to do it. Yes. So it was a five cent movie, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you teach this lesson. <laughs> It's just from Titanic, because that's always, if you're looking up like Titanic facts, it's like, did you know that in Nickelodeon, it's like nerdy shit that Titanic people do. No, I love. I'm sorry, Shay, but yes, I'm so excited I that mean, I knew that. all of our episodes coming together to listen to Titanic. Yes. Yeah, please, while you're at it. So Nickel is how much it took to get into the theaters, and Lodian is Greek for theater. So a five cent theater. Ugh. Nickelodeon raised me. I mean, it, you are like a Nickelodeon gal. I was Rugrats. I was obsessed. Like, it's oh, I it's, loved it. It's like your brand. Thank you so much. I don't know if that's a compliment. No, or, like Nickelodeon kids were cool. I didn't oh, really I always watch felt like Disney kids were like high end, but oh. hey. <laughs> high end. <laughs> that's true. Um, okay, oh. so um, yeah, so they are all on the East Coast, the Nickelodeons and the um, studios. Oh, I just love this. I was watching a documentary that was um, Tyner or was it Turner Classic Movies, that station, TCM, Oh, the channel? No, I don't know of it. Oh, it's very like boring old Hollywood. Not boring. I love it. But, but like old, old movies? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, so they said early filmmakers were like eager students in the world's first film school, but there were no textbooks or classrooms. They were creating their coursework as they went along, learning from each other. I'm like, doesn't that sound so fun? Mm, that's like how it all was supposed to start, you right? know? Right. Collaboration. Yeah, it's just a bunch of people mm. making these like little films and just creating things. Uh. Um, okay, but by 1911, the first major movie studio appeared on Sunset Boulevard. And by 1915, many major motion picture companies had relocated to Hollywood from the East Coast. So how the hell did we end up here? Um, well, obviously, a major reason that people moved is the same reason they move now is the weather. Mm. They're like, it is sunny almost every day of the year. Get me there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, also, when you're making films, you can make it at the beach. You can make it in the desert. You can make it in the mountains. Like, it could be set in so many different places. So true. That's why California is the best. It is the uh, best. We do love it. And we do. Mm. Go, like, surfing in the morning and skiing in the afternoon. You literally can't. I you mean, can do it right I now. Don't. <laughs> we, we would not. <laughs> we wouldn't. We would never. But you can. Truly. Um, okay, but the major reason, maybe you know all about this now. Did you know the major reason that uh, the film industry went to L.A. is because of Thomas Edison? No. But we were just having a long talk about Thomas Edison last night. Is this ghost haunting us? Perhaps. Wait, what were you talking about Thomas Edison? We were like, when was electricity mm. started? And then there's some like contra- or something between like the Tesla. What was his name? Of 
Oh, the like, guy Tesla, if he created it or if Edison did? Yes. So well, we were talking about this, but I don't know. He's notorious for doing that, apparently. Thomas Edison wanted all the fame? He wanted all the fame. He seems like kind of an asshole. I mean, I think he was just a smart businessman, but... Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he... We know he created the device that the light bulb came from, or whatever that might be the controversy and then the phonograph but he also had a role in the invention of the kinetoscope an early movie camera although most of the work was done by william kennedy dixon an employee of edison but he gets the credit wow (laughs) right what year was electricity invented god i don't know it's like text clear and ask (laughs) (laughs) if i knew that i mean that is like a random fact that i would know right like i feel like you would have known that I don't know. You guys let us know. Let us know. We, you know, we always leave you with a little bit of homework. And we we need that for we, our relationship. Exactly. Yeah. So um, what year was electricity invented? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he connects like what we know is an early movie camera. And they also create a kinetoscope movie projector and the movie camera. And he, Edison, opened America's first movie studio, like production office. Whoa. Called the Black Mariah. And they just start pumping out short films. And then they're the ones putting it in the Nickelodeons. Got it. Um, oh, but so he really had a, he was an entrepreneur. He, no kidding. I mean, he would be a fascinating Ram episode for sure. Yeah, that's true. Um, so then competition is starting to grow. And so Addison's, Addison is like, oh, no, oh, no, I have to stay on top. Mm. So he puts patents on everything. Patents. I don't know why I was like patents. Patents. It's because I'm getting uh, my transatlantic accent on. We'll talk uh, about that. Ah, uh, she's ready for it. <laughs> she's gonna do the second half of the episode. <laughs> like you see the movie. Everyone's just crying. I can't. Oh man. Okay, so basically, patents are you know like if you have to pay to use it or like you can't use it. Right. I don't know. This part was a little. That's pretty smart of him, though. So smart, and it makes. But where he monopolizes the whole movie industry. So it's impossible to be an independent filmmaker, just like today. Wow, it's never ended. So he started that. He started it. But people were like, we literally can't. You're making it impossible to make movies at this point. Right. Um, so they would also, he creates, also he gets patents on film and like film companies. And so he gets all the other guys in together. So it really makes it impossible. And they would hire mobsters to like go rough up independent filmmakers. The Duplass brothers. Oh, yeah. The Duplass brothers are like, we are in danger. Even today we are. (laughs) The ghost of Addison is following us around. (laughs) And it scares us every day. Wow, that seems so unnecessary. I know, but I mean, it's also smart, but just scary. Artists have always had it tough. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) So they had to go west because the judges were like, we don't care. And also it like takes too much time, like with litigation and all that stuff. So they start going to the west coast and they're like, it's sunny. We have more terrain and Edison's not here. So that's how the Hollywood or the movie industry ended up in LA. Wow. Oh, also... Um, really cheap labor. There are no right. unions. Of course, of course. <laughs> and things long. Yeah, exactly. So um, it was all a perfect storm. Wow. So um, by 1911, there were 15 independent uh, studios settled in Hollywood. Mm. And more and more films are being made and more and more people are going to the movies. And of course, audiences are starting to notice the same people are in the same silent film. So this is when we start seeing mm. stars emerge for the first time. Oh, wow. And like they created magazines um, and they started popping up telling the stories of the people who played the characters because all people saw were the characters, but they're like, we want to know more. Mm, the original gossip. Exactly. Wow. It's the original like Us magazine. Oh, I love it. I know. And um then uh, I just put some of like the um, big silent film stars. Charlie Chaplin was huge. Yeah, Short King. Sh- Short King. Was he Short King? I don't know. I mean, his I costume. Because so well, his costume. What is it called? It's oh. like the brat or the kid or the, the kid, right? Like, is that fuck his hat? <laughs> I was like, some actual old Hollywood historian is going to be so pissed that we didn't know Charlie Chaplin. Guys, please don't come for us. Like, always. That's what you're here for. But it's like the brat or the... I want to say the terrier. It's not the dog. (laughs) It's something like that. But that was his character. And it was like really big pants. And he was like really big physical comedy. Yep. By 1917, he was his own producer. And he made $125,000 a a film. (gasps) The average school teacher made $1,000 a year, which... 
wait, it's been in the theme music. Sorry, it's not funny. It's just, it's like, just so fucked up. It's so fucked up every time. It's still like that. Um, but the clerculator. So, um, approximately Charlie Chaplin would make $3 million a film in an average school teacher in today's money, and an average school teacher would make $21,000, which, you know, it's like inflation is off, and now movie stars are making $50 million a film. But oh, right, right. Because I was like, a $3 million star today would be like, that would be crazy. Like sad almost it for them, be, yeah. which is insane. It's insane, but also like in 1917, you're making that much money. Hey, it's so crazy. Good. I hope he, I hope he had a happy life. I hope he did. Too. He actually, well, apparently, I saw today he was also marrying like 16 year olds. But I would be fascinated to learn more about his life. I would as well because he like really used. He was the first of his kind, and yeah, um, Clara Bow, who is Margot Robbie, is who she's. Uh, her character in Babylon is based off of. Oh, Clara Bow's from the East Coast. Um, yes, yeah, she is. Oh, I always like imagined her to be a Southern woman for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah. How did you know she was from the East Coast? Because I heard a TikTok of Margot oh, Robbie Margot talking Robbie. about the accent mm. that she was like, it's kind of Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, she was from again. the East Coast. I believe she was from New Jersey or Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Um, but she had a moment life, in time. She she was the first it girl because she was in a movie called It, and people were like, "What is it?" And she's <gasps> like, she just has that it. Wow. And but her life was tragic, and she did not. Just, her career did not survive the silent film era. I mean, maybe we should do a story on her. I mean, but probably. Well, also, she was like supposed to be the first like flapper girl like she embodied the flapper girl and carefree and kind of naughty and dangerous and that didn't translate well over into the depression so then people were like forget you clara bow started the cool girl i just remembered that whole concept because she cut her hair she had short hair right yes yes so she was kind of tomboyish yeah and that's why people were so obsessed with her because they hadn't seen like a more like less feminine girly but she was more like girly, <laughs> girly girl <laughs> But like she like smoked and like drank whiskey at the boys and Mm. people were like it's hot when like like a tomboy the cool girl the cool girl wow but they did not treat her kindly I'm sure they didn't no none of these actresses were treated well they were all like drugged up and exactly and we'll get manipulated that's right oh but by the 1910s the highest paid director at Universal which we'll get into the studios was a woman. You're kidding. Yes, Lois Weber. How the hell did that happen? Um, She always came in on budget and on time, so people loved her and kept using her to direct the movies. <laughs> they were like, we hate women, but, but at least she's on time. Yeah, literally. And not probably drunk like all of the directors. No kidding. Exactly. So um, that was exciting. Um, and yeah. Gorgeous. So, um, okay. So this part is... Um, I was, it's a dark part of our story, but it, I felt like it was important to include because okay. <laughs> I just like always just scared, like clenching. <laughs> I know. Okay. So it's important to talk about because people, a lot of times people say that like the golden age of Hollywood started with this film. Um, have you heard of a birth of a nation? Yes, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I feel, did you take any film classes in college? Yeah, I took a I took a film lit class. Mm. Or no, was that high school? Oh yeah, I took a film class. What am I talking about? <laughs> yes, I did. Like I majored in film. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so I feel like they teach it a lot, but I don't think it's taught as much anymore. But it was a revolutionary film. That doesn't mean it was a good film, but it was a revolutionary film. Okay. I'll say that. I see where you're going. Yeah. So it was directed by D.W. Griffith, who was the director at the time. Okay. Um, and the movie is based off the book, The Klansman. The Klansman. The Klansman. <laughs> Pan. It's coming out because she's drinking, folks. That's right. And it's whiskey. So, okay. I'm sorry. So it's based off of this horrible book called The Klansman. And the birth of... Okay. So the movie is three hours of racist propaganda. It's truly a KKK and South sympathizing film, basically saying that like the South will rise again and the KKK and the reconstruction era was the heroes. It's crazy. Oh my God. It's a horrible, horrible oh, I film. I had no idea. So it changed the film industry though i saw a quote where it was like at the time it was the avatar of the star wars of 1915 like it was the first epic so it ran for over three hours at a time when most films were not longer than 10 minutes wow it just really went there he so the director dw griffith is from kentucky his dad fought in the confederacy and so they literally i think had something basically at the beginning where it was like we're not trying to rewrite history and it's like well you are 
Wow, and people like supported it? People lined up around the block and movie theaters could charge more money for it because it also traveled with the traveling orchestra at some places. Oh my God. Insane, because remember, all of that we're in right now is silent films. Oh, right, right. Right, so this is still a silent film, but it had an orchestra. Also, silent films, so boring. Wait, so when you saw a silent film, was there sound from like a composer sometimes there was a woman sitting the the piano and like playing the score with the film because they didn't have the technology to match it up so now when you watch silent films and there's music do they put that in later i yeah i think so whoa i think so yeah i mean they didn't have the technology yet and they didn't have the understanding of how to do that so crazy i never even thought about that i always thought there was least music but like they just couldn't talk i know maybe they had like a phonograph that would put on but like it had to either be that or a woman playing the piano why were they like you can't talk they didn't have the technology like a mic they didn't have it yet right okay okay that makes because they they so thomas edison actually originally created the video camera to um promote the phonograph but they could never get it on time Mm, i see because it's so crazy literally our phones videotape cam like videotape so we're just like of course we have the technology wow i have low battery on my phone by the way (laughs) so So, this might cut off if you're watching if you're watching on youtube which we will have a full episode (laughs) on now maybe i don't know who knows it we'll see you later (laughs) (laughs) so okay so this film is like traveling with an orchestra um damn it was oh this is this is just where i'm like uh, are of course it was the first feature film to be shown at the white house Woodrow Wilson was like, this is incredible. That was the president of the United States in 1915, which was not that long ago. So crazy. So, oh, it was also the first film to allocate money for an advertising company. Um, And yeah, he uh, hired a full orchestra to play the film's soundtrack in certain movie houses. Um, so why, besides like how long it was and the orchestra things, this are, um, these are the things that came from the movie that D.W. Griffith created. He, um, created the close-up. Oh. Before it would just be like this. Just one shot. Exactly. Um, zooming the camera in on faces. Wow. Cutting, um, in dramatic Civil War battle scenes. So not just taking a single static shot, doing like cuts in between and like all that mm. stuff that had literally never been done before. Wow. Flashbacks. Oh. Dissolves, panoramic filming and color tinting, all which heightened the dramatic and emotional effects. Dissolves. What a time in editing. Remember on, <laughs> on iMovie in like middle school? It always like, dissolves. Dissolve. And extra points if you have the dissolves with the squares. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, wow. You're like, I am a director. You're welcome. You're welcome for that. And it must have been crazy seeing a 10 minute short film and then seeing this. Yeah. I mean, that like wild wild but and this is like what happens in the media will always end up or in in arts and entertainment will always translate into real life yeah immediately after the film's release the kkk experienced a surge in membership and it continued to use the film as a a recruiting tool for decades after that and this was the number one film in the country at one point it's like really sickening. Do you think there were any theaters that wouldn't play it or that like... So this was also around a similar time that the NAACP was, mm. um, you know, like coming together for the first time. And there were, you know, obviously, um, what are like the extreme peacemakers called? I sound like such an idiot. Pacifist? Pacifist. I think that's what it is. I think. I don't know. Right? I don't know. Always sounds like a weird word to me. <laughs> Sounds like, like a pacifier, pacifier. which I get. Like, I'm <laughs> exactly. That. But it doesn't mean I have to like it. Exactly. So that's, I think they were all like, this is horrible. And I think there's more people, you know, that saw how horrible this was. Yeah. But, but God, for the this most is even part, before, like, this is even before women had the right to vote. Exactly. Like, this was a different time. A different time. But and a dark time. A lot of similarities. Though. But also, yeah, no kidding. Um, just D.W. Griffith was once um, known as the father of the film technique, the Shakespeare of the screen, and the man who invented Hollywood. The American Film Institute named Birth of, Birth of a Nation one of the 100 best films of the century in 1998. And it was included in the National Film Registry in 1993. Guys, just because there's close-ups. Sorry, who cares? Literally let it go. If he didn't come up with it, someone else would have. So it's just like... In the 80s, that's... Yeah, pick another one that actually has like good editing and a better message. Exactly. So this is a quote from a professor at USC from an NPR interview on Birth of a Nation in 2015. Mm. 
if you plant seeds, um, what grows for the, from those seeds is going to be based on what you planted. So if you're trying to grow marijuana, you probably shouldn't plant tomatoes. Hear that. Hear that. Birth of a Nation is a film that represents racism, Boyd says. It is the foundation of what would become Hollywood. So if this is at the root, then it shouldn't be a surprise when in the last few weeks there have been discuss- or there's been discussions about the lack of people of color being nominated for Oscars. In my mind, this is very much a branch that grew out of a tree that was Birth of a Nation. I mean, yeah. I totally agree. If that's how the film industry was like initiated. Yes. Then of course it just is going to le- leave a long-lasting gross effect. Exactly. And it gave theater owners so much money. Mm-hmm. Like Louis B. Mayer, who created MGM, it filled up his pocketbook enough that he moved to California to create a studio, like from that movie. Uh, it's like the source of all evil, like right. in so many businesses like this. It's like right. some like white dude gets a bunch of money and there's exactly. racist undertones and then that goes on for centuries. Exactly. It's crazy. And that's why it's like it is just like important to discuss that and yes. be like fuck that's what this industry was all based off of right because Sick. I think we're still very shocked at like Oscar nominees and yep. like and obviously that even represents a bigger issue in our whole country of course but it's like this has always been a problem exactly <laughs> and that's like just our privilege being like oh shit wow yeah it is our pri- privilege I know I know. But Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ. So that that film is, I, I don't think they teach it in a lot of um, film schools anymore. I feel like I've never known about this. Yeah. Like ever. It's messed up. Like it's just I feel really like gross in every film. film school we always started with like Casablanca. Well, that's for the best. It's like, let's leave. I mean, we had to talk about or, it. But well, also Gone with the Wind, which we'll talk about. We will talk about. Because that also is always like very honored, I feel. And- well, it's like such a grand film with Technicolor and stuff. That's all also Louis B. Mayer and NGM. And right. So, and well, again, like, here we go, the studio systems. We're getting to all of it. We're getting it's to crazy. all of it. So Louis B. Mayer and a lot of dudes now have a lot of money from the theaters to go start. But actually, most, most of the people who started the studios were Jewish immigrants who came from literally nothing. Oh, so that's where that, like, stereotype was from. Yes, exactly. That's, like, what Kanye is trying to say now. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Wait, what did he say? Just saying that like Jews run the media and like oh, all this shit, right, and, like right. the whole whatever. Yeah. Oh God, I know. <laughs> so dark. I just that man. No, that man is so troubled. But okay, so Adolf Zucker, what who started Paramount? Paramount. Oh, was an orphan in Hungary when he um, moved over to the United States. How the hell did he do That's that? That's what I'm saying. It's so crazy. It's so like of the time where it's these immigrants who get the get the job done. Like, it's like the American dream. Exactly. All of these men. And then the founder of Paramount. Like not bad. It's insane. So Carl um, Limley. This is what I was saying at New Year's Eve. We were standing talking to each other. And I was like, I have something to tell you. And then I was like, wait, I'll save it for the podcast. Oh, yes, yes. It's not Lamel Theaters. It's Limley. You joke. I don't. Lemley. It's L-A-E-M-M-L-E. Have I just been spreading? No, I've said Lemel too, unless they pronounce the theaters different. But why? it has to be after Carl Lemley, who was a German immigrant that came over at 17 with $50 and founded Universal Studios. Guys, there's like our favorite theater yes. in LA is like the small independent theater yes. in Santa Monica. Very sweet. Has like just a few seats in every mm-hmm. every room, really. And I've always called it Lemel. Mm-hmm. That's how it's spelled. For decades. But on this documentary, they said Lemley, so... I believe it. I, I do now, too. Um, so, yeah, he was an immigrant that came over at 17 with $50 in his pocket and then started Universal. Um, wow. Jack, Harry, and Sam immigrated from um, Poland, and they were brothers that started the Warner Brothers, because they were the Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. William Fox's family immigrated to New York from Hungary and Louis B. Mayer was an immigrant from Russia and the son of a drunk, uh, not a drunk dealer, a junk dealer. <laughs> and he later like was the head of NGM. It is truly the American dream. Now, were these men good people? I would Absolutely. say no. <laughs> but man, did they we do something with offend, their life? But- Probably not. Well, I mean, Elizabeth Taylor, I think, called Louis B. Mayer. Her nickname for him was the monster. 
I mean, I think talk about like implanting racism into the film industry. These men all implanted sexism and abuse oh in the film God. industry no to women. Kidding, and we'll get to that. We'll get it's to a it. horrible time, but um, yeah. So the studio or the industry looked different than it did today because it was built on studio systems. Oh, actually, real quick, I'm going to do a little detour. We just real quick because the film industry is getting bigger in LA. The Hollywood sign in 1923 was an enormous sign that goes up in the hills over town, and it was just an advertisement for a high end um, neighborhood. It wasn't like the movie business at all. Oh. Hollywood Land was supposed to be at it. That's what the sign originally said was supposed to be advertisement for people to buy homes in that um, neighborhood. And then they just kept it up. And then they kept it up, but it like really deteriorated is after it a while. Like and, a completely different one. Yeah, because they re- they got funding and redid it in the 70s I okay think. i was like how long has that thing been, been sitting there it is um it, it looked terrible at one point but do you remember the first time you saw it i remember in sixth grade being in a car and peeking over and like through all that la smog i could see the sign it's like oh, <laughs> give it to me like i can't breathe but, but I do love you that. remember seeing it for the first time yeah i think i was in high school on like a college tour, maybe I like, used to not really come to LA, and I just was like, "That's wow. crazy! You're so close." I know, like we come here for Disneyland when I was little, mm. little, but then I don't think I came back until I was like sixteen. Seeing the sign is—it's still. I try to remind myself that it's still exciting, whether that's loser or not. I don't think so at all. I think like it will always represent something. Yeah. It's always going to be yeah. nostalgic. I agree. And it is an iconic like monument. It is. It is. Um, and the sign originally said Hollywood Land and it, it cost $21,000, which Claire uh, Clater. Oh, you're so good at the Claire Clater Thank you so much. Would be $365,610 today. So what a bargain for all those letters. I mean, truly. And like, it's pretty simple. Yeah, no kidding. There's not much to it. I know. But, and it just became an iconic thing. Wow. So, okay, now let's get into the studio systems. Mm-hmm. So the studio systems back then, there were the big five, which were Warner Brothers, RKO, Fox, MGM, and Paramount. And it's RKO. RKO is not around anymore. RKO is one of the ones that wasn't started by, uh, you know, uh, someone who came from nothing. Joe Kennedy, JFK Kennedy or JFK Jr.'s dad. He was like, I want to be in the pictures. He's literally, he was on Wall Street. Like so much of Hollywood's funding started coming from Wall Street. Which makes so much sense. And like politicians, yeah. right? Oh, politicians, because they would pump money to be like, don't yeah, mess with yeah. our industry and we'll help you like promote things. Like Crazy. it was all just started getting intertwined. Messy as hell from the beginning. No kidding. Exactly. It's just these men that were like in the wild, wild west. It's, it's like dirty. It is dirty. Like. But RKO was like really big because they combined radio and movie and theater. And so oh. then it was like this all encompassing. I, I know mean, it's so crazy. Smart. It was one of the big ones. It's not even really a thing anymore. And then the smaller studios were Columbia, Universal, and United Artist. Oh, those were smaller. Yeah, isn't, isn't that crazy? Well, okay. So what made them bigger is because the bigger one, the Big Five, um, had theaters that they owned across the country, and that's how it used to work. There wasn't mm. like Malco or a- AMC. It was like the st- MGM owned their theaters, and all their movies played there. Interesting. Is that crazy? That is crazy. And they also controlled everything having to do with the movie business. So production, distribution, like I said, theaters, and the people were involved. Everyone was under a contract at the theater or at the studios. Like a dark contract? I mean, yes. Like they would, for actors and directors, they would literally be like, we're going to pay you this much a week. I think it was like more weekly back then. And you have to do 10 movies with us and you don't get to choose. God. And we'll get into the star system and everything because it's just crazy. It's, it's so scary. Can you imagine like having to do just movies that you hate over and over again? But also people are probably like, I'm so lucky that I get to be on set. And like at the time, movies were so cool still. Movies so were like, coolest job in town. Huge. Exactly. And it's interesting like with the studios. In 1915, Carl Limley acquires 230 acres in the San Fernando Valley, and he starts making plans. He like wanted to develop a little city whose sole purpose was making movies, and it had a mayor and a fire department, a hospital, police chief. Cute. And that was Universal City. 
cute i know isn't that great like i know it wasn't but i'm just like picturing it i'm like (laughs) everyone committed to the movie yes and everyone was just like creating art and having fun like that's (sighs) the way i would like to think about it right but they're like we're underpaid (laughs) grind every day it's like i'm trapped here but he also he wanted to capitalize this and so he opens his city to tourists and sold 25 cents like tickets that people could watch them make (gasps) movies and work so it's like the studio tours now Wow. So it's always been like that. Yes. Have you been, I, we, our friend Lauren texted us the other day and asked if we had gone on the friends tour, which is on the Warner brothers lot. I have not, but, but I've seen the Gilmore girls. Oh, so wait, did you go on the Warner brothers tour? It might be like an extra thing, or maybe you went to a universal tour. Where the hell did I go? We have to go on a tour. We write it off. Write it off. Exactly. (laughs) If we go to Universal, we can stop over at Harry Potter World. Oh, perfect. Perfect. You know we're going. We're going. But it's just so interesting that that's how it started. And people would come to Hollywood and be like, let's go watch them make a movie. Wow. It just seems so innocent. And again, like I know it wasn't, but it just. But we can pretend for a second. Yeah. We'll just live there for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And okay, so those are the studios. Louis B. Mayer with MGM. MGM was the studio at the time, which I don't feel like, again, like when I think of studios now, I think of Universal, Paramount, Columbia. Yeah. Not like MGM. And I know that they're in the game still, but. Is is that guy the hot man on Scandal? He's like the great grandson of Tony Goldwyn. Goldwyn was in MGM. Yes, so he's like a big deal. He's right. He is like yes. the great grandson, or I didn't know that he was. But mm-hmm. one of the great grandsons of the Warner Brothers is on Yellowstone. So I mean, Nepo babies, Nepo are a babies hot topic unite. Right now, <laughs> we'll talk about it in detail later. Yeah, no kidding. We like have we to. to Patreon, Patreon, seven ninety nine. <laughs> so he um and refine just a little bit about Louis B. Mayer because I didn't find as much crazy shit on other studio heads, but Louis B. Mayer, people had a lot to say about him. Out of control. Out of control. I mean, Refinery 29 in an article they had compare him, they say he was the Weinstein of his time. Like he was disgusting. I've I've heard that. Yeah, and a very scary man. Um okay, so we can just go ahead and get into the star system because I had sound next, but we're talking about stars. I have a quick question for Please. you. What was what used to be like as a kid your favorite intro like that a studio would mm. do? Oh, um, I think of well, the Columbia woman is gorgeous. I was just thinking about her. <laughs> she really is. That dress. I, I also like Fox with the lights. Mm, Fox. You is guys nice. know what we're talking about? Yes, of course. Okay. I like I like MGM. It makes me think of the Wizard of Oz. Same. But the lion was always like. Scary it is scary, and you were in it, but probably the Columbia, yeah, woman just really uh, is stunning. Like the clouds around her, yes, yeah, I agree. Way to go, guys! I agree. They were kind of a joke at one point, I think, and because of their like um symbol, like in these early times, really, yes. And look, at, like, look at her now, feel like you have a woman in the symbol, <laughs> yeah, no gross, <laughs> you must be poor. No kidding. Oh, God. Actually, it is important that we go into sound now instead Mm. of star system. We'll get there. Mm -hmm. So in the early 20s, it's so crazy that we have the studios, but they're still doing sound. They figure out how to synchronize the sound with the movies. At first, they started playing two separate tapes like at the same time. We've all been there on our own (laughs) short films, haven't we? They're like, Aaron, go. Come on. (laughs) And just hope for the best. And then they figured out a way to like actually have it all on one. Um, And they started out with um, shorts again because people were like, we can't do feature films uh, talking. They're like, no one wants to hear an actor talk. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. They just want to look at you for like a little bit. Yes. They were like, they're not interested in that. That's crazy. And then studios quickly realized that audience liked the talking and the joking and the singing. And they begin to increase sound bits into silent films. So that's how it was at first. It wasn't just a feature. Yeah. Until 1927. And I've, I don't think it was the first feature-length sound film, but it was the one that changed everything. It was called this The Jazz Singer oh. in 1927. And virtually overnight, silent film disappeared. And Hollywood was like, we're only doing talkies, talkies, as they say in the biz. Wow. So in the 30s, all these silent film stars were like, fuck 
The yep. can I act? Yes, exactly. <gasps> they had it also, is my voice weird? Do I have an accent? They like there's so many things they had to think about. Oh yeah. So they had to do like they had to pass these sound tests where they would make it said that they would make them recite little Bo Peep, but I don't know what little Bo Peep is. <laughs> Haunting? I know, but something was so like get more creative. Yeah, something else. They're like whatever. I mean, just say like hi, it's a good morning, but they would have to like see if their voices sounded weird. So they probably weren't even concerned with them being like good actors. No. They probably just were like, Do you have an accent? Exactly. And can you remember lines? Because now we have writers for the first time because you have to actually have a script and Everyone's dialogue. Like, okay. <laughs> Anymore. I'd be panicking. I'd be panicking. I would be panicking too. So it's like everything is changing. And like all these com- comedians who are silent film comedians couldn't deal with dialogue because they were just physical performers, basically, mm. like throwing themselves off like walls. Like, truly. <laughs> yeah. Like, people laugh. A million dollars. It's crazy. So a lot of these silent film stars got lost in the transition to sound. That is sad. It is very sad. And now you do actually kind of have to act. So theater actors started moving to the West Coast and like they could memorize lines where these silent film stars were like, yeah. I, I wow. Yeah. It feels like today, doesn't it? With yeah. Like, with, the, it, with the influencers. Influencers getting roles and then you have a fucking college degree. <laughs> yeah. With theater and you can't get a single goddamn thing. No, I don't act anymore, but you know. But you should. But the, resist- the resentment is always there. No, the resentment never leaves. Come never, on, never please. leaves. <laughs> please. So now we also need writers and musicals are coming into the picture for the first time. Mm. So this is where we get into the star system. Ah, so again, Tell me. everyone was under contract. Producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, art directors, technicians, everyone Mm. and then you're paid a salary instead of per film and um it made for assembly line style filmmaking where it's like we're gonna make 50 movies a year damn insane so the star system what was this thing where you they created the star it wasn't like you are, you're an actor, you have a personality, we're going to create this all for you. And you actually don't even have to act, you just need to be pretty. And then we're going to get you classes to make you exactly the type of person we want you to be. It's really like creepy. It's still like that. It is in a way, right? Not as much as it used to be. So Louis B. Mayer said, a star is made, created, carefully and cold-bloodedly built from nothing. Oh. All I ever looked for was a face. If someone looks good to me, I'd have him tested. If a person looks good on film, if he photographed well, we could do the rest. God. So they were like truly like well, puppets. puppets. Like Frankensteins <laughs> that they were creating. Or the doctor's Frankenstein. Frankenstein What's the monster's name? is the monster. Oh, it is. Wait. Is but- it Dr. Frankenstein? <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? I don't know. No. I don't know either. Let us know, you guys. Yeah, another thing of homework. So they would. This is also like why back in the day, I feel like people would be at a soda counter and then they would get discovered because they were just like, "You have the look, right?" Which that's like, I mean, it kind of, but not really. It doesn't happen. I feel like like it stopped with like Cameron Diaz in the Mm nineties. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of when it was like I saw a hot girl in the mall. Exactly. Well, there's just not malls anymore, so you can't find the people. (laughs) Truly, now they just find them on Instagram. Exactly. So um, star making could include changing the actor's name, coaching their actor in diction, posture, horseback riding, dancing, singing, fencing, and more. Physical enhancing. <laughs> but it's like, why do you need to know that? You know, like when you apply to something. <laughs> yeah, you put on your resume. You put on your resume. It's like all the options. It goes on and on. But like fencing was always in there. Fencing's always on there. So apparently everyone, that'll be my New Year's resolution. I have to learn fencing this year. That's actually just like a funny story. <laughs> be like the stars in like the 20s used to and I should too. So I have to learn. For the craft. It's insane. And um, the hair replacement, cos- like cosmetic surgery, all of it. So as an example... Rita Casino, or Casino, Rita Casino, I believe, um, was a promising dancer and actress when she had signed with Columbia Pictures to a seven-year contract in 90, 1936. Studio head Harry Cohn decided her look and her name were too Spanish to be truly re- to be truly marketable. Subsequently, her name was changed to Rita Hayworth. She also underwent plastic surgery to angli- anglicize her nose. Finally, she was giving elect um, elect electrolysis treatments to fix her hairline this was the star system back in the day so dark isn't that so dark and i feel like 
every single one of these actresses, this was their story. And they also were putting them on diet pills, right? Oh. So like no one was like, they were like truly killing them. So Judy Garland, Um, I have, um, I have her little story. So at 16, Louis B. Mayer and the studio put Judy Garland on a daily diet of chicken soup, black coffee, 80 cigarettes, diet pills, and amphetamines. Her waist was um, corseted and her nose affixed with prosthetics. Weight was in their contracts. This is, again, Uh. what this industry is built off of. And that's like when we talked about our, on our plastic surgery episode, like what the media portrayed, like these were all made up people yeah, that were like presented. And that's what's like what was told from the beginning of time that this is what you should be. And like ma- not only made up, but like truly suffering. Yes. Like depressed and trapped and hungry and abused. Yes. Like, and then they look perfect and happy. It's, and that was part of their contract as well. They had like a morality clause and that like the men have to be had to be perfect gentlemen and they would create these fake relationships and these fake dates for like promoting the studio. And if someone wanted to marry someone that the studio didn't agree with, you didn't get to get married. God damn. Also, a lot of stories they saw of actresses would call the studio heads like daddy and papa and stuff. Gross, gross, gross. so disgusting. It's not okay. And this was like not that long ago. Also, like stop signing seven-year contracts. Well, they had no choice. I know, but like even like the Gossip Girl cast. I mean, that is like also weren't they signed like a seven-year contract? Like what have we done? But imagine like you get offered a CW show and they're like, and you get a job for seven years. God, that's so true. It just always scares me because like I don't trust sure trust any of the the studios. It's like getting. I mean, it's just like you're damned if you do and you're damned. You're trapped. No, that's true. And you know, these men it's were like, inappropriate with like these women. But it's, they had no one to talk to about it. Exactly. There wasn't like HR. No. And Betty Davis like tried to fight back on it and like went into legal stuff. And they suspended her for defiance and refusal to follow the rules. She fought hard against it. Also, they would like tell the women that they couldn't wear pants and they took away Catherine Hepburn's pants. And so she walked around set in her underwear until they gave her her pants back. That's right. Because they were like, you're gay, you're gay, you're gay. That is how controlling they were. Disgusting people. And most of these actors and actresses were also people who came from nothing that was discovered in a soda shop. And they're like, we're going to give you money. And like give you the life of stardom, but God. But God. There's no life to lead. No kidding. And it's just like. At what cost? At what cost? It's crazy. That's so That's why I'm like, I feel like I have to do like a star next, like their profile. I know. Now I'm just like, give me all the juice about what they went through. Seriously, it's so crazy. Um, And so as we're getting into the 30s, we're also getting into Technicolor. And some of the biggest films are made at this time, um, such as Snow White, which is the first animated. That was a trivia question we had one time. Oh, it sure was. What's the first animated film? Snow White. Uh. Um, Gone with the Wind, A Star is Born, Citizen Kane, The Wizard of Oz, like all of these, like what are known as iconic films now. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But also with making films, um, there's the censorship, which is the Hayes Code. Have you heard about this? No. No. So there was like some guy who was pissed about like things being a little racy at some point. So they created this um, this code between the 1930s and 60s. And it was called the Hayes Code or officially named the Motion Picture Production Code. And they were a set of moral guidelines that you had to follow in your movies. Because was there ratings at this point? There was there wasn't the rating system that we have now of mm. like you can't have this and you can have that or whatever it has to be rated that much. Right, right. This was right before it. Got it. So you couldn't have sexually explicit content. Like kisses had to be like three seconds. You couldn't show lust or um, infidelity. You couldn't. The the good guys always had to win over the bad guys no matter what. There was no swearing or saying offensive things, no relationship between different races, no adultery, no childbirth. Married couples had to be in separate beds. You couldn't show bathrooms That's or right. toilets. Just like I Love Lucy. Yep. Exactly. It was all what boring this- stories. No kidding. Like, truly, what, the, what else is there to show? What good comes from it? Like, who cares? You're such a prude. Also, it's so sad that, like, we're that impressionable. Yeah, no kidding. You know, of just, like, don't, sh- like... 
God. But the studio systems agreed with this because it was something about like this code would keep the government out of it. And it was just a certain code that they had to do. But Planet Shave. Exactly. But that was only until the 60s. And then I feel like drugs got into the picture and everyone's like, fuck it. Like now a sex scene (laughs) for 12 minutes. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Also, because like European films were becoming much more popular. Thank God for it. Yeah. We needed some influence. And then HBO came onto the scene. And she was like, now I win everything. Yeah. I'm going to take it to the next level. But that's like old kisses in like Hollywood movies where like they didn't actually kiss. They just would press their lips around and just, sh- you know it what I mean? crazy looking. Like it just was like, <laughs> it was like inhaling each other's skin for, it was There weird. was no like pucker. No, no, no. It was true like smash faces. It was very bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, part of the studio system, we didn't get it, but we're wrapping up now. It's like the transatlantic or the mid-Atlantic accent came through and they were coached on like vocal coaches because they wanted it to be a universal sound and they didn't want accents and they wanted it to be elevated. So that was a made-up accent by Hollywood? By a man whose last name was Tilly. I forgot his last first name, but Lauren, shout out to Tilly. <laughs> shout out to our love. That's right. And he created it and it, it makes you sound high, high class and it's like you don't pronounce your R's and you speak very fast and you pronounce like your you to T's. Do oh God, I don't know what to say. Say like a famous line from a movie. I know, I'm trying to like, think of like... Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> I don't know how to do it with the accent. I have no idea how to do one. But, well, I'm going to insert a clip here now if you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. I should think that of all people, a writer would need tolerance. The fact is you'll never, you can't be a first-rate writer or a first-rate human being until you've learned to have some small regard for human friends. So you'll hear that, but... <laughs> I, Off the hook. Yeah, we'll do... <laughs> I would not know how to do one. I'm put on the spot. I should have created if you a sentence. Me, I would decline, so I understand. Exactly. But you, yeah, apparently you hit your T's hard. You don't say your R's and you speak very fast. You yeah, think about Judy like, Garland. She's like always like, like oh, we're running sure. out of time. Oh, oh, okay. So it's like, <laughs> or like the, Mer- no, that, no, the Merry Christmas is not transatlantic. But it is like, like, huh. Oh, Father, I want to marry him. I do. Yes. <laughs> that oh, like, yes. ended that... up being like Southern. No, that know. was good. That was good. We'll cut that. <laughs> no, we'll keep that. <laughs> so, okay. All the studio systems in the golden age of film, why did it come to an end? Well, thankfully, in 1948, with the United States versus Paramount Pictures, stated that the studio system was in violation with the na- nation's a- antitrust law and was therefore illegal. Basically, it was too much of a n- monopoly. Like, you guys got to cut it out. You control everything now. Mm. And it, we can't have monopolies any- anymore. Um, and not only that, but um, TV was on the rise in the 50s. And you could stay home and watch something. So, like, why would I go to the movies? And that was all that there was. Um, wow. Yes. Um, oh, also New York trained method actors such as Brand- uh, Marlon Brando and um, British Shakespeare actors such as <laughs> Peter O'Toole and Richard Burton like started coming onto the scene. And so then it wasn't the star system anymore. Like people were like, we actually want good actors and we don't have to train these people in the way that we were and create them. Oh, wow. So basically, so no, like the theater kids helped. The theater kids saved Hollywood. <laughs> And they deserve that recognition. They they deserve a little something. They do. In this world. Exactly. So the monopolies, the theater kids, and TV. And it was interesting (laughs) because I was like, we're actually in the same kind of period now where it's like, will the movies survive? And um, will they clear? Will they? So I read an article by um, I think it's Hollywood Reporter with Damien Chazelle is that how you say his oh, name yeah yeah he just created Babylon which was you know the transition from the silent film to the talkies and he said if you look at the 50s that was part of the subtext behind singing in the rain being made television threatening the movie going experience I guess I remain an optimist that the core thing of people getting together in a dark room to common or communally experience a movie that will continue to survive and I hope so too I hope so I really do. That's building Hollywood, baby. Uh, I loved it. It feels so like special to LA. Doesn't you know? it? Like, it feels like, like this is our home and that's, I know a lot of bad things happen, but it's also like such a fascinating part of like being an artist. Exactly. And wanting to work in this industry. Like, exactly. I'm excited to like, Oh wow. Uh, it's still going. I know, it's still, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you think it like, will, we? if it dies, oh. will it save? You know what I mean? Bye YouTube. Bye YouTube. <laughs> We can add on to it later. 
Oh, man. Um, but yeah, it's just so like, it's sad, but it's cool. I totally <laughs> you know agree, I mean? Tess. I'm so excited to get into all of these stories because this, oh, I forgot to say, this industry, like when it was nothing, ended up being the fifth in, a largest industry, like right away after agriculture, oil, steel, and like transportation or something Damn. like that. Like, I mean, we need the movies. We need the movies. And it is just wild. Like, I encourage you to like just Google a few videos of silent films, just like put in perspective how much movies have truly changed. Totally. And so many silent films got lost because they didn't know how to like keep the film. And so they just like disintegrated. God. And it's just so crazy. And it's just, wow. We've come such a far away. We really, (laughs) we've come such a far away. Such a long way. (laughs) uh, Yeah. I just think movies. The movie business is just fucking cool. I know. It really is. And I really want to know like what stories you guys want to know about. Like, because I feel like there's lots of scandals and affairs and people that I don't even realize. So please pass it along. I know. Even if like it's been done before, you know, we'll do it in a different way. Uh, of course. We always do. We always do. And that's why you come here. Exactly. Everyone. Oh, well, Claire, that was so fun. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. I am too. It's going to be such a fun month. We love it a is. theme. We do we love, love a theme. theme. Party. We should dress up and theme. <laughs> we should. <laughs> why are we not? I don't know why we didn't think about that yeah do you drink whiskey today I yeah like you, exactly like, got into the character that's why if you're still with us new rammies um we try to like drink a cocktail or a drink with every episode and i felt like i felt like if i was gonna be a movie mogul i was gonna drink like whiskey on the rocks yep so it's very that's what i went with time and we were drinking or we were smoking these um cigarette joints they're not cigarettes but, but they look like them. they're called pure beauty pure beauty and they are just so chic we love them it was, so when i had like that in my hand and the whiskey ah uh, I was like, we're in the movie, you she. she. Oh, that's Every good. time you she. You that, just- <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, well, I love you, Rami. So oh, I'm so glad to be back. We love you, too. We love you guys. And we're, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just still so high. It's like it's not gone away. I've just been like, it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Thank God I wasn't um, leading that one. I know. Well, we'll see. We'll see what that looks like in post. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> another movie term. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll see Goodbye, you later. Rami's. <laughs>